apparently everybody has psychic ability. Some people don't recognize it as psychic ability. I know that I used to be a coincidence guy. I was like, oh, that's coincidence. And I'm like, no, I don't believe in coincidences anymore, right? I, I believe in creation. Thank you once again for having it locked to the Launchpad podcast. My name is J-Man, and this is a podcast that champions free speech. It's a safe space for people to say what they have to say. And I have a gentleman on the podcast right now known as the E.T. Whisperer. He has channeled 250 extraterrestrial races. Did I get that correct? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. And his name is Rob Goche. And these are some of the things that we're going to talk about. Number one, all about channeling as well as how do we unlock our own psychic abilities and what the astral or the extraterrestrial races or interplanetary galactic beings think about what's happening with this pandemic. Did I get all that right? Yeah, that sounds good to me. I think it's been more than 250 now. That was a couple of years ago. So it's probably about 400 by now or so, but I don't really count. I just average out the odds of how much I do it and how much people uh, ask for it and then kind of figure from there. So it's probably more than 250 by now, but okay. you know. Now, Rob, <laughs> I told you where I'm coming from. Uh, yeah. I had one of your friends, Anthony, on the podcast who also channels. And the two main races that you channel, one would be reptilian and what would be the other? Sorry again. Uh, humanoid uh, Denebian, but Treb's not just reptilian either. He's reptilian humanoid hybrid, um, okay. which places him in a, in a different energy than a lot of the reptilians. <clears throat> like Anthony, his reptilian uh, consciousness that he connects with is a pure reptilian consciousness so it's more of that reptilian type but yeah it, it's a reptilian human hybrid and uh, humanoid uh, Ardiff is a humanoid that's the best classification I guess all right did everyone um, follow that <laughs> <laughs> okay so I'm going to give you my experience with what I've seen with channeling and I've been told that this is an industry where there's a lot of people that are quacks and there are a lot of fakes. And obviously that does a disservice to someone like you who is a genuine channeler. And I had uh, Anthony actually walk me through a, a couple of people that were online. I would send it to him and you know they'd make some weird noise. And then all of a sudden they're supposed to be in the astral and they're saying that someone is coming through them. So explain what is it exactly that you do? What is it that they're trying to convey? You are connecting with a consciousness. Does that mean that these are beings that are alive in the astral or are these just consciousness energy just within the universe? Uh, it, it depends for me, myself personally, the two beings that I connect with, Treb and Ardith, they're both in a physicality. Um, they're both in a higher dimensional state than we are, but they're both still considered physically living. Uh -huh. um, in their dimension, they're just as physical as we are. They, they have a body. That body is birthed and dies. So it's very much a living being. Um, even though channelers can connect to non-living consciousness, uh, people who have died and gone in between, some channelers connect to collective consciousnesses, which are entire groups. Uh, and others connect these different labels. And there's terminology in our community is horrific because there's so much of it and so many people are using the same words for different things. Mm. Um, but if you look at it from that term, they're very much living. They're just less physical than we are because they're dimensionality. So yeah. do you, like, are there people around me right now, even though I'm not aware, 
there are these entities that are around me right now? And how many at any given time? Uh, yes, there's definitely entities around everybody. And it depends. Um, if you live in a major city, uh, a lot of humans haven't gone through their own, you know, leaving cycle because the dimensions work where when you die, you're leaving a dimension and going slightly to a higher dimension than what you are now. But a lot of humans maintain their focus on our reality and our dimension because they have ties there, emotional ties, mental ties. So if you're living in the middle of New York City, you could have thousands of, of non-incarnate humans around you at any given moment. You know, Some of them don't know they're dead. They're just walking around pretending that they're still living. Um, some of them are, are hyper-focused on family, so they're following their families around. It could be a million things, but the higher dimensional beings... Uh, most people have, you know, 10, 15 guides that work with them on one level or another. And even though they might not be intimately connecting with you, they're still connected with that oversoul and the higher aspects of yourself. Um, you know, I walk around as a human being, but I'm only carrying probably 20% my soul inside of my body. The other part of it is, is out there. That's the part we tap into with intuition. Uh, psychic ability that's the part that allows us to connect upwards okay. everyone says you know christians who who pray uh buddhists who meditate they all say they feel this presence the god presence well that's the rest of your soul that's the fulfilled part of your soul that has the knowledge that you don't have here uh, and that's how channelers can channel and psychics can connect they're not really connecting all the time to other things outside of themselves as much as connecting to their selves, the real part of their selves, which allows that to connect outward because that real part of ourselves is connected to everything. Okay, and we're a hybrid race, correct? We think that we're just humanoid, but we have alien race mixed within us. Is that a number of different races or is there one in particular? And then we're gonna talk about the pandemic. Yes, uh, if you look at humans, they have 12 different DNAs from seven different races. Um, and you'll hear different numbers for everyone. That's what Trev and Artif have shared with me. Um, and out of those 12 races, um, five of them were like 50% hybrids themselves. Uh, so when they gave us their DNA, that was two different DNAs that we were getting. And two of them were, you know, not hybrids. So they were pure-blooded. The Anunnaki was the first one that made the change way back uh, about 2 million years ago uh, to the early humans. And then... Uh, as recently as probably a couple thousand years ago, the last change was made to our DNA. So the human that started as humans isn't the same human we know. Even through our, our, our records of history, we see uh, the caveman, Neanderthal, and those were, were versions of us previously before DNA got switched, before things got changed. Um, you hear about people finding giant skeletons or remains of miniature people like hobbits. All of those are found, and those are different versions of us or hybrids of us in ET races. Okay, so they have an invested interest in how we go about living on this planet, like our incarnation here as a human race. So knowing that they have that invested interest, and I know that a lot of this is on energy, frequency, things like that, emotion. And right now the world has never, like it has not been in this much disarray in quite some time anyways. Uh, the pandemic kind of affects everyone and it does in a different way almost for everyone as well. So from the astral, the individuals that you channel or have been channeling, what are their opinions 
on what's happening here? Like what would be their advice? Uh, the first thing is there's a reason for everything that happens with us. And the guides that I channel aren't directly connected to humans in the same way the greys might be who are using humans and hybrid programs or, uh, you know, other races who are future versions of us. So everything that happens to us affects them. So they don't really have a dog in the fight. There, there's a difference in type one and type two consciousness. Type one is the one that uh, allows all things free will, doesn't intervene. Um, you know, they, they don't have a, a benevolent or malevolent energy. They're just very neutral. Um, and they'll give information freely uh, below them and distribute it to, to consciousnesses that are smaller than them because they receive the same thing from above them. And the type twos are different. Type twos can be malevolent all the way to benevolent and all of the spectrum in between. And most of the ones that are dealing with humans right now are type two beings, some malevolent, some benevolent, some in between. Mm -hmm. um, what my guides say about it is something very different than what uh, a type two might say. The type one will say, uh, everything that's happening on earth is something that needs to happen on earth because as a collective consciousness, we're creating an energy. And what this energy is about right now is showing the individual human and the collective humans, uh, all the systems that we've created that have given us suppression, that have caused issues um, to take lack, you know, as most humans live in a, a sort of lack, that that energy is not how it's supposed to operate. We're supposed to have free will. We're supposed to have abundance. We're supposed to have joy. We're supposed to have community and connection. And the systems that we've created or allowed to be created um, have, have messed our, our whole system up for thousands of years. This is the time for us as a collective to create an experience to show us all the holes in the boat. We need to know why we're sinking, we need to know what's wrong so that we can fix it. And we can't know what's wrong when most people are so hyper-focused because of the systems that we created that they're living day to day, not caring about their connections emotionally with their family because they're sent to work to make sure that they don't lose their house and a little bit of food that they can eat uh, and all of those things. So these systems that create an experience where we're not actually the real versions of ourselves that has to, to go before we can take ourselves to the next level of humanness. Mm -hmm. And the next level of humanness would be community. Uh, and after we can put our own shit to the side, and pardon my French, sorry about that. Um, before we can put our own stuff to the side, we have to be able to work on these things individually. And we can't do that unless we know that there's something wrong. And that's why this is happening to show us that something is very wrong. I just want to jump in there. Sure. So would that be considered to be kind of like, this is the great awakening kind of thing? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it, the great awakening, it, it depends on how you perceive it. Um, the great awakening for me is the individual understanding themselves, which allows them to understand the world that they're in. Okay. And then, you know, if we're here as a soul having a physical experience, the only thing that we're here to do is experience mm -hmm. and the rest gets handed up. And if you're not happy in your experience, you can't okay. have that good experience. So this great awakening is the awakening within. And then as a collective, once enough people do their own work, then together, 
there's the next level of humanness. And that's the one we were talking about earlier with community, happiness, and no need for lack and just abundance. Right. Yeah. Wayne Dyer. I've said this before multiple times, actually, on this podcast is that, you know, we're not humans having a spiritual experience, right? We're spirits having, uh, sorry, we are humans. No, we're spirits having a human experience, not humans having a spiritual experience. Right. Did I get that right? Okay. Yeah, so now, yeah. and now there's also the number two individual that you, that you preface before. So what's their view on what's happening right now? Um, a lot of the type two beings, um, they're agenda driven. And I don't mean to say that like a, a judgment towards them because some of their agendas are good for us as humans. Uh, some beings want these systems to fail so that we can have freedom because they look at us like family and they love us and they want good for us. Others need the suppression to continue because the way that they see it is that fear, division is an energy. Uh, They use that energy as a source of their own energy. And and I don't mean like energy vampires, even though that is a form of that. Um, I mean, specifically a lot of reptilian races, they feed off of fear and disconnection. Um, Some races like the Draconian race, they've gone so far through their evolution that they've been bypassing the last step of their evolution. And the last step of evolution for a soul is to go back to oneness, to go back into the infinite. And they don't want to do that. They're, they're, they're happy with where they're at. So the way that they bypass that is creating more division, which keeps them out of the incarnation cycle. So if they go to a planet and cause uh, you know, a ruckus, that benefits them. And it benefits all of the lower level vampiric uh, parasitic types of beings too, because as much as, as I would hate to admit this, we live on earth, which is a parasite planet. All of us live in a system where we have to, to eat off of something else in order to live. We have to eat animals or, or plants, plants and animals have to eat oxygen, bacteria, other animals, so we, we have this system already and that cycle of energy feeds into them. So for them, that's their agenda. And for other ETs, they're just sitting back and kind of watching, uh, waiting to see what benefits them the most. And then the type ones are just like, you know, you're creating this. You guys have the power to create this. It's happening for a reason. And it's part of your, your journey as a soul. Right. Okay, so there's some similarities in between the two and then some differences. So, I mean, let's just extrapolate what you got from both ends. What do you think is the best way through uh, with your knowledge? And I mean, how, like how many incarnations have you gone through? Like how many lives have you lived? I don't, I don't know specific amounts of numbers, but right. I know that I've, I'm considered like an ancient earth seed. I've been with earth since the beginning. Um, there's many races that were here before humans were, even the early humans, even if we're talking about all manipulations, the seven manipulations to human DNA, Mm -hmm. I still count that as the human incarnation cycle. So we're talking like the first inhabitants of the earth, the Conchi and Lumerians, Lumanians, Atlanteans, all uh, earth reptilians as one, all of these incarnation cycles I've been a part of. So, so I'm pretty grounded into the earth energy um you know pretty deeply so for me to say in your infinite wisdom fits well, <laughs> like, you know, well I, I, I don't remember it all okay. from this life right <laughs> i wish it did I'd be a... so just with, with all the with all the knowledge that you've taken in through your incarnations and through all the channeling that you've done and so through 
through your eyes and through your mouth, what do you feel is the best way through this? What can people do to be uh, benevolent to one another? And how would be, uh, what would be a good route to grow as this race towards that enlightening or that enlightenment that we're talking about? That's a hard one because people are naturally divisive. People are naturally, uh, you know, feeling the way that they've been taught to feel or think. If we really want to get through this, we have to stop judging each other. We have to allow each other to think, to feel, to say, and to be what you need to be. As long as you're not impinging on, on the will of another human, as long as you're not uh, hurting someone or damaging property, um, there should be a letting go of that. And that's the thing. The device that works is the one that pins people against each other. And that's why we have those hot topic issues, the, you know, the elections and, you know, Trump or Biden, vaccine or not vaccinated. All of those play further into that energy because that's what they want. They want people to fight. And this is something that I've seen a million times over. Um, 2012 Wall Street, you know, the, the march on, on Wall Street, the Occupy Wall Street movement, that was killing profits for corporations. So what happened after that? After everything started dying down, they started pushing back in more towards the racial divide. They, they picked an old scab open on a country who had really bad history with racial divide. Mm -hmm. So they started playing into that, putting it in the media, pushing it out into right. schools. And Rob, and and when you, you say, and when you say they, sorry, when you say they, who do you mean? I just want to make sure I'm not getting lost. Uh, yeah. Corporations, uh, rich people, the people who own the world, the people okay. who, who kind of run everything. And are those people also different races? Uh, some people that do have extreme amounts of power, they have connections to earth reptilians. Okay. Um, they have connections to other races, okay. um, the technologies that's traded, the secret government, those types of people. Yes, they, they have a direct line to those beings and, and that energy. But even, even if you take them off the table, just anyone who owns huge industries, anyone who has multiple hundreds of billions of dollars you see how one person can affect the whole collective mm -hmm. just by saying hey this is my personal belief now i'm going to flood the media companies i own with this idea and everyone will think it and everyone will feel it they understand humans are programmable because of our own uh, desire to have connection and if we don't fit in a group then we're outcasts it's like um propaganda 101 they they, they learn that stuff very early um, so yeah, they are the ones who have any form of ability to manipulate a system or to create chaos. And I, I, from my own personal belief, I think a lot of those people who are in the crux of power, who have that ability, whether they're connected to ETs or not, I think that there's a divide there right now. And I think that's why everything's going crazy. You see one side of the fight, um, getting lots of wins, the other side losing, then you see the other side coming in and doing the same thing. So I think that they've done their own game for so long mm -hmm. that they can't even get along with each other now mm -hmm. because, because they're seeing their own power and saying, hey, you know, yeah. you're, you're just a scumbag who owns tech companies. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I find it to be a crazy divide that's going on right now because 
the people that are being vilified, I find, are the ones that seem to be coming from abundance. I'll just share my opinion here, and some people are going to like it, and some people are not. Uh, what I've been watching here in Canada is a convoy that's now two weeks in the making. And throughout that convoy making its way right here to Ottawa in the nation's capital, it's people at rest stops, people sending in $10 million of donations, people on overpasses, waving Canadian flags, hugging, loving, kissing, all that kind of stuff. And it's not to say that there aren't people that are radical on both sides or extreme on both sides, but for the most part, when you, when you meet it in the middle, it seems to be a lot of abundance, a lot of unity, um, a lot of patriotism. Uh, is that the right, did I say that right? And a lot, a lot of patriotic people out there uh, loving their country and a, a very high vibration for the first time in quite some time. Like, how do people... How do people remain in that place of abundance? How do they keep their energy high? Like as far as the channeling is concerned, is that anywhere close to, let's say, a meditation, something of that nature as well? Yeah, meditation is uh, one of the best tools to use to kind of keep yourself out of that uh, frustrated or, or, you know, anxiety feeling of uh, emotion. It's one of the better tools. Um, you know, I think one of the misnomers about going through things like this is that you shouldn't feel bad, upset, worried, scared. This is going to be a natural thing to go through for anybody mm -hmm. who's going through, because even if you look at these complex ideas, there's still fear that's coming out of both sides of that. And like you said, the extremist is a whole different thing. That's just a spectrum split of two sides. I agree with you too about riding the center line is usually the best way through because you don't go into the dogma. You stay right where your focus should be is right on the problem, right on the issue. But, you know, there's fear that you're going to be suppressed, fear that your rights are going to be taken away, fear that you're going to, to have forced physical things happening to your, your body against your health and desire, just like the fear of getting sick or spreading disease. So there's a lot of fear that runs both engines. The fear is the part that, that we have to address because if, if we can't you know, take care of that fear or understand where it comes from, then it's meaningless to try to go through it in any other way. If you attack this and say, well, you know, it's just those damn disease spreaders or hey, you know, the government will end up putting us in prison camps, blah, blah, blah both sides of that just leads to more, you know, negative mindset, negative thought process. But if you say, you know, hey, I can understand why these people are scared. You know, they've never been in, in a pandemic before. They're hearing this on the news all the time. Of course, they're scared. They might have had a friend who got sick, uh, one who died, whatever. Okay, now I understand that. And then you go over here. Well, people, you know, governments have been suppressive to their people all the time. And, and we see the drastic measures that are being taken in countries like Australia, some in Canada, US, New Zealand. So yeah, we can understand why they're afraid. The reason when, you, when you're going through this whole thing yourself, the question you have to ask you, why does this make me mad? Because anger is a byproduct of fear. 99% of the time. Why does this make me anxious? Why does this make me sad? Why does this make me fearful? Um, and the answer to that question is going to help you unlock the things inside of you that need to happen in order for you to find as much peace as possible. When you're sitting on a bridge waving a flag in support of other people, 
that's not being in a fearful state that's going to create a bunch of issues. But if you're there only because you're afraid if you're not there to support it, you're going to get locked up forever and be forced to do that, then the fear is still driving the decisions behind all the actions. So it's addressing fear and, and not judging yourself when you feel it, because I felt fear through this thing. My son's got a, a very heavy medical condition. First two or three months of the pandemic, I was freaked out. I was worried, you know, one, one of the three people in the world I love the most was going to die. So I felt that fear. It, it touched me in a personal way. And then I had to ask myself why I was afraid of that. Well, of course, I'm afraid of that because I love my son. But then you have to remember too from the spiritual things that I've learned we come here for a reason we come here to experience things for a reason and even though my son has a lot of conditions his soul came here and knowing what was possible for him to experience if he dies it'll be horrible for me it'll be horrible for everybody left but his own soul will have completed that part of his journey and move to the next one um, if death is all that we're afraid of, then it's an easy fix. You know, every religion in the whole world agrees only on one thing. And that one thing everyone agrees on is that we are an infinite soul living in a temporary body. And if we can all just grok that, yeah. then we're good to go, you know? Yeah. So I'll just use my mother, for instance. I lost my mother five years ago. And I've been having some just different thoughts that I never had before. And it definitely pushed me more towards spirituality uh, where I hadn't been that close to it before. And I'm just going to throw it out there. You said there's no dumb questions before we chatted. Yeah. So I'm going to take advantage of you while you're here. And when I think about seeing my mother again, right, I'm thinking of this from a very human point of view. I'm thinking about like putting my eyes on her or seeing her physically or being able to give her a hug what is that process actually like is it just more of like energy or just energy coming together is there a way that you could explain that yeah i'm, I'm in the same boat with you i lost my dad in 2015 he was like my best friend um so so i know that feeling of, of losing one of the the dear parents to you um so the thing that I realized through that is no matter how much uh, of the energy I have to be a great channeler, no matter how uh, I'm able to do things that most people think isn't possible, um, I still could not connect to my dad when I wanted to. Part of it was my grieving process. Part of it was that I don't really connect to humans for whatever reason. Um, I, I think when I connect to Trev, he kind of connects me to the other things, which is also helpful. But I, it took me almost seven months to finally connect with my dad in a dream state. And it wasn't the type of meeting that I thought I would have with him. So these things are experiences as part of the earth life that we have to go through too. We always say, we're sorry for your loss, but you didn't lose anyone because their soul still exists. You lost the way you got to experience that. And that will never change until you're dead, until you meet back up with them on that other side. You can experience them in different ways if you teach yourself how to, or if, you, if you're naturally gifted that way. Um, every human has it. It's just harder to get to. And when you are going through grief, it's absolutely the worst. A lot of people point at psychics on TV and they're like, well, that, that guy's obviously fake. You know, He wouldn't have gotten to his car if he knew he was gonna die. 
right <laughs> yeah but that's it doesn't work like that either because when you're in tune with your intuition whether it's pure psychic or a channeler um you have the blocks around your own life that you can't see when i when my son got sick i fall apart when my daughter's had her surgeries i fall apart any my wife gets sick i'm i'm devastated these things uh, are very emotionally personal to each person so that energy itself um kind of is what wraps into the whole thing with spirituality the good thing is if you if you feel that understand that and know that then you know your mom's not lost she's not gone that's the number one fear i had leaving christian faith and turning into more like a scientific atheist right. um I, I just believe like science existed in that case when you go your lights are out and it's you're done yeah. and that's what i believe for decades and finally coming back around to experiencing the understanding of the eternal soul uh it, it's a huge thing um and that's that's the one thing too you know a lot of us with intuition a lot of us with gut feelings even those with really strong psychic gifts they still will never know if they're going to have an experience after life until after they die even if you believe and have experiences in your body or near-death experiences the fact is we all know what we believe we know what we think and we create those thoughts and beliefs from our experiences that we have right. and that's really the best all of us can do in life so rob can i hug my mom am i going to be <laughs> that's a great answer i want to know am i yeah. physically going to be able to like hug my mother <laughs> yes after really? you after you're gone after you die yes it, you you'll be able to see her she's not going to be the exact same as you remember because she'll have had that time for more of her to be present right. you know you only knew 20 percent tops of your mom's soul and that's the one that holds the personality in that she'll be a lot more she'll be herself but just a lot more so okay. there'll be a lot of of great additions to that as right. well yeah okay because i'm going to edit the rest of that out I'm just kidding. That was all great stuff. That was a great, <laughs> no, that's that was a great answer, but I was selfish. I just wanted to know if I could hug my mom. Uh, yeah. So no, I, I can't wait for my dad too, but I'm not in a rush. I'm, I've got a lot of things to do here with my family and stuff before I go too. So, right. Well, thank you for being so transparent. Like, I mean, that's yeah. a lot of, a lot of heavy stuff that you, that you shared there uh, and a lot yeah. of powerful insight as well. And I wanted to move on to some of the things that you were talking about in there in regards to using one psychic ability. Apparently everybody has psychic ability. Some people don't recognize it as psychic ability. A lot of people, I know that I used to be a coincidence guy. I was like, oh, that's a coincidence. And I'm like, no, I don't believe in coincidences anymore, right? I, I believe in creation. Um, and now as far as creation, manifestation, and like my gut feeling, how much of that has to do with getting towards like that clairvoyance whatnot or or being able to channel or using that psychic ability opposed to just leaving it where it is honestly all of it oh sorry i gotta take a drink my throat's yeah. getting do it that's straight vodka this guy's a beast <laughs> see me after i'm done walking around right um it literally has everything to do with it, everything. Um, the intuition, the gut feelings, that is the psychic ability that people have. And the reason that you can't recognize that as psychic ability because you haven't trusted yourself 
I teach channeling to people. That's part of what I do uh, because I'm a professional channeler. That's my job, right? So I teach people how to channel. And a lot of people are like, how can you teach that? Well, you don't have to teach the channeling part as much as you do the self-trust part. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we have to recognize as humans, we believe that we can't believe it till we see it. We believe that we can't uh, know something unless we, we have it in front of us or connect with it. And most people have messages coming in. They have insight, intuition, instinct, and all of those kind of wrap in together. And when you learn to listen to yourself and trust what you're listening to, you're creating a bond with that higher self part of you, that, that part of your soul that's not in your body. And when you do that enough, just like any good relationship, you're going to get closer and closer and closer. Meditation helps you get closer. And, you know, I broke myself open in that, that sense of, of being able to, to channel and being intuitive by doing uh, intensive meditation for a couple of years. And that whole experience of just meditating several times a day, sometimes ridiculous amounts of times per day. Um, I'm talking about, you know, three times a day doing 25 minutes to an hour and then closing my eyes for the rest of the day whenever I didn't need to look at something. Mm. So like constantly working on that. Um, and that is what helped me. But being yourself, like doing the things that genuinely excite you, not the things that distract you, not the things that your uh, addictive urges may take you to, but like being yourself really and, and staying outside of, you know, yesterday created this for me. So I'm a product of my past. That only leads to victimization. And then, you know, worrying so much about what will happen tomorrow that you can't focus on the now, being present, being yourself and trusting the intuition that you get, that will create the best bond that you could ever have with your higher self and with your own psychic intuition and practicing it by meditating and being still and listening. These are the things that, that have opened up every psychic I've ever met who is a genuine, good, uh, authentic, and you know, reputable psychic or channeler. They had to be with themselves and truly connect with themselves before they could connect to anything. So for the average individual, what would be kind of a, what would be a sign not necessarily something totally dramatic, but what would be something that maybe a person takes for granted that would maybe be signaling to them that they have something special or already advanced without even necessarily working on it. They just have it like a gift. Yeah, there are a few people who are kind of naturally psychic. It doesn't happen a ton. Uh, most people develop it, but even naturally psychic people usually are authentic people. And that's why they're able to connect that way uh, because they're living their truth and they're, they're being themselves and they're living in the now moment. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of them. Uh, but for everyone else, the, the taking for granted part, every time you've had that gut feeling, you know, like, oh, I probably shouldn't go. And then there's a wreck on that road or, you know, the, the old stupid eighties commercial, you know, read the book, you know, the guy didn't get on the airplane and the airplane crashed. Those types of things happen to all of us. And the recognition of that being our intuition and our psychic ability um, that's a huge part, but taking for granted, uh, people take everything for granted. Smallest decisions we make are made from the influence of either previous experiences in the mental body, 
that we've accumulated. So we just automatically decide because of our past or through our, our emotional body. And usually those that are in the emotional body uh, that are acted on quickly are the intuitive states. And then when you use the mental energy to break it apart, then you can see the trail that led you to that choice. Right. And that choice leads you to another thing, which is what you wanted before, what you've been working on, or just something that you needed to jump you to the next place. In life. Okay. But what about the person that gut feeling to where they just don't listen to their gut feelings and they get through life okay anyways. Not I mean like the car accident doesn't happen, life kind of moves smoothly. Like maybe they have that gut instinct, I shouldn't go out on a date with this guy, but it's like once in a while this thing kind of happens. And it's the same reason like why people will smoke or drink. You can do it usually for a long period of time before you see the ramifications. So for that person that gets gut instincts all the time and they don't follow them, what's the repercussion of not following that gut instinct? Well, it depends. I mean, even if you're getting through with no harm, you don't know what could have been better in your life from following your gut instinct. You know, gut instincts don't just go one way. They don't go, hey, there's a car accident. I, I could die. They're also like, you know, maybe I should talk to that girl or maybe I should say hi to this. You know, that girl you didn't say hi to, the, the, the boy that you didn't say hi to in high school could have been uh, the greatest soulmate of your life. Right. you know, could have led you to having the greatest kids, the great, you don't know. And, and you'll never know in, unless you do the things that you feel called to do. I blew but, it, Rob. I'm 44 and I'm single. Like, I'm, <laughs> what did I, I should ask that girl in high school. Well, that's, you still have chances, you know, and next time you feel that, that you should probably say hello to that. And now, you know, hey, maybe I should say hi. Right. That's great perspective. Just alone. Uh, the fact that, the gut instinct is always something just right away. It was something negative, right? Something bad was going to happen. I wasn't going to do it opposed to the gut instinct of the things that you should do, but we root that in fear. So sometimes it's like one and the same. Mm, right? It is the, the fear of not succeeding is a condition from our experiences of being conditioned. We're told all the time, you know, Hey, that, that girl, that guy, they're out of your league or, Hey, you know, stay in your lane, you know, um, so those are conditions caused by fear, but the other gut instincts, usually the gut instincts don't always wrap around things that make you feel bad. There might be a strong feeling like, Hey, I shouldn't do that because it could be danger. Um, but that's not necessarily fear as much from, from my perspective as it is instinct and instinct is, is a bit different than intuition. Instinct is built in the animalistic part of ourselves and ties more to our sexuality and our expression. Uh, I know the Eastern philosophy calls it the chakra system. So if you're looking at your second chakra, that's the animal part of yourself. That's where instinct comes from. Your third chakra would be your sense of self. That's where in instinct turns into intuition. And then when you have that intuition and you have that feeling, it's a little different from instinct, but instinct can be strong enough to trigger your intuition, which turns that, hey, I shouldn't do this feeling into an actual thought process that makes you look at it and say, well, maybe I shouldn't mess with that, you know? Okay. So thoughts are all coming from one place. That's just coming from the universe. That's coming from nothing and everything, correct? Uh, thoughts themselves are, are kind of a relay between the non-physical and physical, or 
uh, coming from the center of the physical self, there's two different types of thoughts. There's the thoughts that we go through every day with, and most of those are just created mental expressions of our subconscious. And the subconscious is a part of us that takes in the experience. It's actually very high functioning and, and very intense and uh, very intricate, but most people see it as the dumb part of us. The subconscious is what really experiences some uh, of all things and kind of keeps it as a data bank. And we use the brain as the physical engine for that. But the consciousness behind is what allows that to funnel in. But we can control our thoughts too. And that comes from our consciousness. The thoughts that run like background noise or that inner voice that just talks to you without you asking it to talk, mm -hmm. that is either the subconscious expressing itself through that random physical thought patterns, or it can be that part of you that is instinctive, intuitive, or even uh, extra dimensional beings that are trying to connect with you. So thoughts can come from a lot of different places. It depends you know, on the specific experience, but also depends on you know what you're doing and and what you're experiencing to where you can pin down those but it, it's kind of hard to pin down well let's branch know, out there again let's branch out we have conflict here on earth right and lord knows how many races there are you've talked to 250 plus so what's going on in the astral are there wars going on other places conflicts like we have here what is the greatest threat to the universe that we know it or all densities? I believe, are there 12, 12 densities? Um, there's 12 densities, six physical, six non-physical, and then the 13th density is kind of a collective density. Okay. Uh, and those are all evolutionary, physically, uh, you know, going into dimensionality. Um, there's seven dimensions and those seven dimensions have densities kind of built within it like the first through fourth uh dimension are in the third density first density second density and then you know fourth density is fifth dimensional and sixth is seventh dimensional so it it's very convoluted and very complex <laughs> yeah and you know that part is what it is but if you're looking at everything in all densities or dimensions yeah, there's always physical altercations that are going on, wars that happen. Most of the time, these wars are fought on a fourth or third density level. Uh, when it comes to galactic warfare, they, they can have fifth, sixth density wars. Uh, it's more the type two malevolent beings that go through that because that way they can kind of put their own will onto others to, to kind of force them to do something. Mm. Uh, it's not as common as it was a long time ago. Like if you read the ancient Hindu text, like the, um, I can't even say it, the Mahabharata, uh, I think that's what it's called. Um, <laughs> I butchered it, I know, but. Um, <laughs> I don't know, you sound good to me. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, what Rob said. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, if you read that, that just describes extraterrestrial wars that were happening on Earth. And most of those beings were probably fourth density manifesting avatars in the third density so that they can interact with us physically. Uh, a lot of beings have came to Earth that were actually extra dimensional beings. But the reason they could exist in our physical reality is they're creating versions of themselves in lower densities and placing their consciousness in there to interact with us. So there's lots of wars on lots of different levels. 
the earth itself is going through a struggle. I wouldn't say it's a direct physical war, but there's a lot of energy exchanges that are going on. We see it happening with people and the governments. We see it happening with places, you know, government versus government, um, people versus people. So if that's happening down here, you know, like they always say, as, as below, so above, there is definitely, um, you know, not necessarily altercations, but there's resistance and friction that's happening in higher dimension levels. Right now, uh, draconian beings, all, all of those reptilian beings who kind of feed off of the fear of humans, they're looking at this place right now and they're saying, well, we're either going to be able to keep going with this thing or we're not. It's in their hands. You know, they could, if they wanted to take over our planet, they would have landed ships long ago. It would have been, you know, working for them directly. That doesn't benefit them. Um, you know, subversion uh, of any form, you know, slavery is slavery is slavery. And even though we can be slaves and not know we're slaves, uh, a physical direct knowing form of slavery doesn't serve them as much as people believing that they're, they're not a slave and living that way. So if we all came together and said, we're not doing this guys, we're not going to fight with each other over frigging shots or, or president elections. And we're going to actually just do this together and respect each other's beliefs. The, the, the energy of friction would be gone, not just on our planet, but on all the higher dimensions that have anything to do with earth. Cause it's all a ripple being, effect. Yeah. Ripple all effect. Okay. all the beings who eat off of fear, they run out of food. There's no more lunch here. Go away. Like, are we trying to eliminate these people or, or these races? Like, do we not want these races or is it like the yin to the yang? Do we need them? And, and uh, let me just go one step further as well, because I'm really curious, like, what's the end game for Earth? Like, is it possible that we can have peace on Earth? Is, is it possible to have in a planet, interplanetary peace as well? Uh, absolutely. On the last question, um, there is a way to have peace. Uh, there is a way to have a, a, a good place in a galactic community too, but um, that's uh, going to be far off until we can get our own stuff together. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> as far as the, the other, there's no, you know, some people say, you know, we should kill all the reptilians. First of all, good luck trying that. Second of all, um, you know, because they're advanced. The, and how many are there? Uh, I, I don't know numbers, but I mean, there are literally tens of thousands of reptilian races just that I have been okay. made aware of, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the races. And then there could be millions to billions in each race. But that, I mean, that's that's all kind of the side point. The, the problem is on a spiritual level, uh, on a type one perspective, those reptilian beings wouldn't be here if we didn't create it for ourselves. Uh, we all came to earth agreeing that this would be a place of high contention. It would be a place of spectral vibration possibilities. It would be a place where you can go. And the example that, that Trebs used before, earth is one of the few places that you can murder someone in cold blood and go home and kiss the child that you love with all of your heart more than anything in the world and give that child love and do it all in the same day. Mm. That's what that's what we agreed to do when we came to Earth as souls. So now that we're here, we're creating all the things that we need. So without our request energetically to have these beings come here, they wouldn't be here. 
so yin and yang, maybe that's how that's how um, some look at it. But I look at it as a natural order of creation. We live in a universe that is spectral. We live in a universe that has the worst of the worst and the, the most enlightened of the most enlightened. Mm -hmm. And we will deal with the ones that we call to us to create with. Just like when you're living in, in a neighborhood, if you hang out with people who are into crime and criminals and, do, and drugs and gangs, you're going to get into that lifestyle. You're mm -hmm. going to have that around you. You're going to have mm -hmm. shot shot off around you. But if you you stay to yourself or find really nice people, you're going to have a nicer life. And yes, they may cross paths, and you may get uh, some unjust uh, beat down sometimes once in a mm -hmm. while, or you know have nice people coming to you if you choose the other way. So sure. but it is what it is, you know. If there's reptilians, and there's so many of them that feed on fear, like to where they would not be able to exist without our fear, then it's not in their best interest that we get along. So are they constantly agonize, uh, antagonizing us? Like, are they looking to perpetuate this type of conflict? Because without it, like, do they just, like what happens to them if they, if they don't get that fuel? Yeah, if, if, if they didn't get it as a whole, they, you know, the draconians specifically, they would have to just go to the next part of their soul cycle. But that's, you know, if Earth stops being a source of food there, I mean, literally a whole universe of planets where people are, are existing or, or entities and beings are existing that have imbalance, they don't need Earth. Earth is a really good place because it's so wild and because it's the spectrum of vibration is so wide and because we've had the systems of fear, but they don't need it. I mean, if we said, no, we're not playing this game, then they wouldn't, they wouldn't destroy Earth. They wouldn't need to. Mm -hmm. The thing about draconians, a lot of people say is draconians are hot blooded. Um, they're murderous, you know, they're not, they're very, um, I guess that's not the right word either because they're, they don't do something if they don't have to, they're not going to waste their time, energy, resources, or, or, the, you know, their blood for lack of, you know, for example, to, to fight a planet of beings that are only a small piece of the puzzle, you know, um, they exist throughout the whole galaxy. They definitely don't just need humans. So, okay. Now uh, you teach people how to channel. Yes. Now, given that everybody has this ability to some degree, how long could you take a, how long would it take you to have a noob like me channel with, with another, like a race, an, an ET race? It depends. I've had people come in who have been interested in channeling for years, never tried it. And they're able to do some rudimentary form of channeling in their first couple classes and other people who I've been teaching for three years and still aren't there yet. Um, it depends on each person. It depends on a lot of the beliefs that you have, a lot of the uh, energy of, of the thought process, the psychology. Uh, if, if you go like to my YouTube and watch the first channeling class I do, if you follow the steps that I show, you'll channel your first time. It'll be a rudimentary channeling and it'll be a, a very fundamental basic channeling, but it shows you that channeling, you won't be channeling another being. So okay, <laughs> uh, yeah, Shit, but you I'm will out. be, yeah, you will have a channel, a part of yourself that you didn't have contact with or didn't that's, have a connection with. That's valuable. 
Yeah. Right. Because if you do that enough, then the higher part of you that's connected to everything, that's the one that connects out to all the other. Right. Like me as Rob, I'm I'm a human. I've got problems. I've got issues. Um, you know, I, I can easily go in, into uh, anger or, or whatever. A lot of people say, you know, oh, you're a channeler. You must be a spiritual. You must have a perfect life. Eh, wrong. That's not, I mean, that's how a lot of channelers portray themselves because then people, you know, give them money, but it's not reality. The fact is I am just as messed up as every human on the planet. <laughs> right. I just learned how to trust my own intuition and how to build that bridge. And once I built the bridge, then it was easy um, and kind of copping out, but I, I go into trance. So I'm really not that invested in what's happening there because I'm not present there. Whereas conscious channelers, that's a whole different ball game. They're right there with the conversation. I don't think I could ever conscious channel, not, not conscious channel as good as I do in trans channel. Right. And if more people want to know about you and how to channel, how to step into their higher self, where can people find you? Obviously, we just heard about your YouTube and I'll make sure to have all the information in the description below as well. Yeah, YouTube is the best place to go. We have hundreds of free videos. Uh, some of them we have to dig through because they're old and we don't label. We just put up like two hours of channeling about random stuff. Mm -hmm. But like going to channel, if you want to learn to channel, go to the YouTube playlist um, and two classes right there. If, if that helps you, then you'll be able to channel. You know what I mean? Um, uh, we have Patreon. We have our website, ET Whisper, um, and our Discord. I, I think those are really the best places. Discord's a good community to hang out and spend time with other people. Um, our websites where information and, and professional services are and our YouTube's where all the free stuff is and Patreon's more intimate version of YouTube, but with smaller groups that are hands on every month. So all right. it's a little different everywhere. Well, human shell named Rob, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, it was a real blast. And there were some genuine questions that I've been wanting to ask. And I'm, I'm really satisfied with the answers that I got. And I hope this appeases your audience too. Uh, maybe gave them an opportunity to find out, uh, like see you deal with somebody like me as well. Uh, <laughs> and to see how gentle and understanding you were uh, with me. And you really made this a cakewalk. So thank you, Rob, very much uh, for being you. Oh, thank you for doing this too. I really, I really love your program. I, I love some of the guests I've seen you have. Um, it's really great and keep, keep fighting for people and, and keep doing what you're doing too, brother. Thank you for everything. Oh, I appreciate that. And to everyone else, thank you once again for having a lock to the lock launch pad podcast. You take care, be well and love simply because you can. <laughs>